<laughs> okay. Uh, My nose so is bleeding. <laughs> you can make it. You can make it. We're halfway through the episode, maybe. Are you, are you, are you ready? Funny. Expensive. Wanna Whatever. Be happy. Everyone. Welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friends Sam. I have no podcast. Ah, I fucked it up. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, hello. And Jim. Two podcasts diverge in the wood, and I, I took the one talking about Doug for some goddamn reason. Please help, it's dark and cold, and I hear wolves. I'm glad you're here, Jim. Uh, today, we will cover episode four of Doug. Uh, in all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. Episode four, part one's title is Doug Takes a Hike. Uh, now, this episode is the episode where Doug joins what is more or less the Boy Scouts, uh, but they're called the Bluff Scouts. So the first thing that I'm going to ask you guys is, uh, given that Bluffing Tin is named after Bluff Corp, is the Bluff Scouts also owned by bluff corp is this like a corporate uh you know organization and are they only contained within bluffington i think uh, it's the bluffington only variant of the boy scouts caused by the public falling out that uh Bebe's dad had with national out of something really stupid and arcane like you know how the origin of the episcopalian church is uh, henry the eighth saying <laughs> definitely we all know this yeah, I want to divorce my wife because she won't bear me a son. So uh, can I just have that, the Pope? And the Pope saying, no, no, you asshole. And Henry VIII just saying, well, fine, I'll create my own Catholicism with blackjack and hookers, and I'm the Pope. And that's the origin of the Episcopalian Church. My idea is that this episode is a warning against the dangers of secularizing the Boy Scouts. And I think that the, having the city, big government, take over the Boy Scouts is the first indication of that. Because I think it is Bluffington-owned, which is owned by the corporation Bluff Co. <laughs> okay, so it's like, would we say that this is like an organization made out of spite? Do they still have the yes. best it's, interests yeah, of the Scouts? It's always spite. <laughs> like, it's based, like... The reason it was created was absolutely spite, but the reason that it was, that instead of just, okay, fine, the Boy Scouts don't exist in my perfect town, he created a knockoff version of them, was that, okay, he vaguely recognized the Boy Scouts are a laudable institution for indoctrinating the youth into the glories of nature and how to ultimately destroy communism. It's a very good way to teach kids how to obey orders from an older person. Yeah, that is the, you know, the origin story of the Boy Scouts. Go on, tell it. Is like, it, is it for the people that sinister? don't know? Yeah. Right, for, yeah, I know. For sure. The Definitely. very short version of it is that, no, it's called the Boy Scouts because it was created with the goal of having your average random teenager be able to just be plugged into a military organization as a scout. You will obey orders unquestioningly. You could go on long trips without getting yourself killed. And that's basically it. Clearly, it's done other shit since then. But as it was originally conceived, it was supposed to be kind of a paramilitary thing. So I can tell you that as an Eagle Scout uh, and the babiest man alive, that this organization failed its objective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. <laughs> But maybe the Bluff Scouts will do better. 
Um, so we learned that the Bluff Scouts, uh, their scoutmaster is obviously Mr. Dink, the character in the show <sighs> with no kids. Also, yeah. really quick, the the noise. The episode opens up with like somebody making mouth noises that sound like a trumpet. And given that they're in a recording studio, it's probably easier just to get like a trumpet sound. So you have to dedicate. You have to admire their dedication to being annoying. <laughs> <laughs> One of the very few things you have to admire about Doug. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, so Dink is here, and he's uh, distributing the Scoutmaster, or sorry, the Bluff Scout oath to Doug. He's saying things like, uh, I will fear norther- neither tree nor beast, uh, and that he pledges to do everything in his power to be a good bluff scout a lot of scary trees in the forest as we're about to find out right we do learn that 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 becomes like a thing in this episode and doug having proclaimed his oath mr dink solemnly declares him now a tender toe because evidently tenderfoot is copyrighted who gives yeah well I don't think the whole thing is copyrighted at all i think the boy scouts would have been fine with like doug using the boy scout logo and stuff but um, I think this gets into my, like, Jim Jenkins has an axe to grind with the Boy Scouts. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm excited, because I didn't pick that up. Yeah. So, I'm excited to hear about that. Um, okay, so, first off, real quick. So, in order to be a Scoutmaster in the Boy Scouts, I'm pretty sure you need, like, a son in that troop. Do you not? Do I don't you... think you do. I think you just need to be, like... I think you need to have been like a leader in the Boy Scouts as a child. But I was only a Tiger Cub Scout, so I don't actually know anything about this. I I, I mean, Eagle I was Scout? a Boy Scout. I was an Eagle Scout, and I don't know either, so whatever. <laughs> I suspect I just, you got a case of the only guys who ever really care that much would care about it because they have kids in it. Which raises, again, the question of why is Mr. Dink the Scout Troop leader? Like, and it's an excuse for Tippy to get him out of the house, which I mean, <laughs> go get you some, honey. But <laughs> why? What is pick up some strange at the mall, Tippy? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Furthermore, I, I still want to keep track that like this is episode uh, four, and Mr. Dink still hasn't spoken to anyone's parents. Nope. He's the only spoken no. to Doug and like Skeeter. Did he even speak to Skeeter yet? Well, he's spoken to Doug. We a lot. We know that. Yeah, I don't think he's spoken to Skeeter yet at all. As of he's right now, to Skeeter's tunes, but not spoken to Skeeter. Yeah, the only thing that this scene lets us know is that Mr. Dink is not a figment of Doug's imagination because there are other people present who react to him as if he was real. This is the first time that has happened true all right well i'm gonna throw out 20 pages of notes <laughs> about this dink is um, real underlined like written in feces across my apartment <laughs> well better burn the place down and move somewhere else <laughs> why would you ruin a perfectly good dink wall i'm leaving some perfectly good feces <laughs> also that but yeah doug is super pumped to be included in all this but then, naturally, being Doug notices other people have cool flair because they've already proved themselves to dink in one way or another. <laughs> like, Except for, like, there's, like, one guy who doesn't, but, I mean, maybe he's just the unchosen of dink. Maybe Solidarity he's just, like, to that guy, slacker. the laziest guy there. We endorse <laughs> yeah. you, whoever you are. 
Yeah, so this is just one of those random background characters that shows up in the show. Um, yeah, Skeeter has like a million merit badges. Roger is, for whatever reason, the troop leader. Like he's the he's the one who uh, is basically the pack master of the kids. Um, and so Doug's like, "Yeah, I want to get some merit badges." And wouldn't you know it, Mister Dink says, "Well, it's time to get a merit badge," but. He says, you have to compete for this merit badge. He says, we are going to split up into teams, use the buddy system, and one team will win this merit badge. It's kind of weird to have a competitive merit badge, right? Is that yeah. how merit badges worked? Could like only one person get the particular merit badge? Or I thought no. you just had to complete a task. Yes. Like I remember I got a, I got a merit badge for like learning the alphabet and sign language. <laughs> like they didn't make me they didn't make me like compete against another kid as you did it faster <laughs> <laughs> they brought in uh they brought in a deaf person and saw who could speak to them the best <laughs> that yeah that is not what they did but that's probably what bluff bluff scouts would do. i mean yeah. it is a fucking it has to be a capitalist thing so it must like emphasize must like cutthroatness Ooh, and competition yeah. Yeah, the Boy Scouts are creeping communist. Uh, socialism isn't the big uh, buzzword yet, so the Boy Scouts are clearly some kind of communist infiltration of our precious Bluffington, and Mr. Bluff will not see that happen on his ground. Uh, find me some guy who I can give a very expensive costume to to lead a bunch of kids out into the wilderness to either die or prove a very important point. So, did we have we gotten to the point where it shows off all of Skeeter's merit badges? I think we're like right there. Okay, yeah. Did anyone like write down like Skeeter's merit badges? What they look like? Because I did. No, did you? Uh huh. Right, so he's got, he's got a lighter, a fish on a hook, a bear paw, hands poking out of the water like they're drowning, <laughs> a band aid, a can of beans, a knot, uh, a tent stake. Three fingers up and a silhouette of what happens later in the uh, show called uh, an animal called a jackalope. Because they, I think this is the show that does it on, but I might be having like brain problems and just confusing two things from the nineties. Wait, so they bring up a jackalope later, despite having already done a jackalope story in the form of the very first fucking episode? Yes, correct. Hell yeah, Jim Jenkins, you reuse that content. But I just want to know, like, what did Skeeter? get a lighter badge for that's probably like lighting a campfire right? but it was or a like lighter a it was like a fucking zippo lighter maybe they're allowed to cheat <laughs> i guess <laughs> they do buy a pine cone that's a lighter later on maybe yeah, scooter's true. like a fucking pyro remember he is the sun he is the solar system he is the light bringer well he has to have some kind of pretense of obeying authority right skeeter is yeah and he does have all the uh best medals indicating that of course he is the best of friends with dink so yeah okay i i'm following this also like what did he win for like what is the sick what's his the can of beans like what the fuck did he do to get a can of beans badge that's that's one of two did things. he open it's a either. can maybe Maybe that's good job, Skeet Hawk Hawk. <laughs> Look, uh, I would guess it's either a uh, cooking or b like some kind of wilderness survival or like apocalypse survival. I feel patch. I feel like there are better ways to represent cooking than a can of beans. Like because he just it just shows like a can opener like opening a can of beans. That's oh, it, it has a can opener? Yes. Too? So I really it's... think he just opened a can and they gave him a badge for it. 
So it goes to, like, Doug having the most worthless fantasy he's had thus far, which is just him <laughs> receiving the badge. And the badge that he receives in his fantasy is a red condom. <laughs> I admit that. That's impressive. Uh-huh. It's just a red condom-shaped circle. It looks just like a condom. <laughs> and Mr. Dink puts it on, and then he salutes Mr. Dink. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Doug, <laughs> Doug like, takes I'm, a hike. I know I have mental illnesses, but you're just like you're just intentionally triggering me now, Doug. Yeah. A heads up to our viewers. The rest of this episode is going to go to some really weird homoerotic places. Because yeah, this never happened gets, on this show before. Like... <laughs> More so than usual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this is going to go to some weird 90s Christian homophobia shit. <laughs> Which is, I think, uh, part of the reason Mr. Uh, Jenkins has an axe to grind with this cast. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, Doug has this fantasy about getting a bad, and he's like, yeah, my team's going to win. And Mr. Ding says, all right, time to separate into pairs and, like, get a, you know, get with your buddy so that you two can work together to win the merit badge. And Dink, uh, so obviously Doug's like, yeah, I'm going to be with Skeeter. Right as he's asking Skeeter, Roger says, hey, Mr. Dink, I'm the scoutmaster. Let me, or I'm the troop leader. Let me be Doug's buddy because I can show him the ropes as the new guy. And like, so that makes... Hold on, I have to step in here. Like he opens with, Mr. Dink, can I say a few words? And he opens by, I want to remind everyone, Doug is an outsider. It's <laughs> true. And then he personally volunteers to be Doug's buddy, slinging an arm around his shoulder. Like, we're supposed to view this as impending bullying, but there's some not bullying undertones there. Just think how far you can go in the Bluff Scouts if you <laughs> stick with me, funny. Right. Uh, and. Dink is like super Dink is oblivious as always and he's just like oh my god what a great friend um and Dink, Dink starts crying because somebody was nice to Doug <laughs> which I mean <laughs> Mr. Dink appreciates lo- young love being publicly declared Mr. Dink also knows that Doug is like best friends with Skeeter so I'm like surprised that uh he's so surprised that someone's gonna be nice to Doug because Skeeter often is right I don't know. Theoretically. Theoretically. The first first interaction aired between Doug and Skeeter was Skeeter throwing Doug out of a tire and then taking his place in it. (laughs) Or tire swing, rather. So, like, Uh, I don't know. This show, and Jim Jenkins in general, has a very weird understanding of the line between bullying and romantic affection. Well, this is the first episode where, like, Doug recognizes that Roger is like actively working against his best interests. Like for the first time. Yeah. He's growing. Uh, maybe. He's growing he's, and he's then not. thankfully ungrows by the end. Definitely. It goes yeah, but, in right after it goes into a fantasy where Mr. Jank is just ripping off all of Doug's merit badges because they did such a poor job with Roger. The Doug and Roger team did such a poor do- job. Number one, Roger isn't in the fantasy. And number two, the last uh, merit badge that Dink rips off is the red condom, which is just like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on, show. Just think how far you can go if you stick with me, funny. That's not something that can be taken multiple ways. 
So on this topic, I also want to say that Roger's outfit, he's the only one that's wearing pants. Everyone else is wearing shorts and Roger's got big long pants. Also, Roger is 13 years old, as we've already established. Why they don't let 13 year olds in the Boy Scouts? Yeah, they do. You can't it's 18 you, you're, the cutoff. I is. think I think you don't you start in a different pack if you're 13 years old? Oh yeah, there's there, well, I mean, there's the. Line I guess it's of, the like, bluff. I guess it's the bluff scout. So like, the, the rules are thrown out the window. So, fucking let everyone in. There's <laughs> one person who is older than age eleven in that gender co- uh, group cohort. Pardon me. And as a result, you have to uh, consolidate everybody in together. Evidently, at some point, approximately in 1979. Oh wait, no, they're eleven, and it's 1991. <laughs> Every yeah. one of these kids was conceived on the night Ronald Reagan won oh, the yeah. presidency. <laughs> oh, 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 oh my god. Good point. Roger the is the only kid there who is ca- who was not <laughs> conceived on the blessed eve. <laughs> Everyone has the exact same birthday. <laughs> Hey, it's my birthday. Hey, it's also my birthday. Who could have guessed? Are we in hell? <laughs> <laughs> We're, we'll be getting there shortly. Uh, yes. So Dink is just like, yeah, that sounds great. You two are going to be best buddies. Uh, and now now your assignment, he says, the merit badge goes to whoever can bring something back from the forest that tells us the most about the forest. It could be anything. It just brings something back that tells us stuff about the forest, right? Um, and then just says, all right, go, go. Just like go find a campsite with your buddy. Go run run the forest, into the kids. woods. Yeah, right. And it's not that you would think that it's like okay, let's like if we're setting up camp and we're staying overnight somewhere, like we should put our tents together. Like we should all be part of the same troop. But no, it's just go find a spot. Let's all be prey um, individually. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is yeah. Uh, this is some straight up horror movie setup shit. Definitely. And he's not even like over watching over it. Yeah, where's um, Dinko? He's just like, sit, I, no he goes back to his car. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes home. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, everyone's just like off on their own. And Roger, ever the uh, helpful buddy, says, Hey, well, I'll show you the best spot. You carry all this stuff. And they walk into the woods. And they, oh, also, Roger, like, hangs Doug's underwear oh, wait, up no. on the flagpole? give you the chain of events here. Yes. Roger loads down Doug with a bunch of stuff, says, meet me in those trees. Doug almost rips over a root and is instantly lost. It takes him a quarter <laughs> of a second, and he has no idea where he is. Fortunately, he is given the chance to, while he is wandering around aimlessly, he eventually hears the sound of giggling because Roger has summoned his minions from somewhere. Where, and they've been going through Doug's backpack and have put his underwear up a flagpole. The flagpole, I must stress, in the middle of the forest, sticking out of a pile of rocks. With no flags. With no flags, <laughs> just staples that you can attach underwear that Doug Funny's name are embroidered into. And you can't see made. Doug's name from the ground. So, like, he, he just put <laughs> underwear up. There. And also, like, okay, it's the 90s. Maybe people were more shocked by, like, undergarments. But, like, who cares if there's underwear on the flagpole? Like, why would Doug be embarrassed by that? Well, like, I mean, this was, like, a common theme in shows of this time, right? Salute of, like, your always shorts. in a camp show. Yeah, like, in a camp show, there would always be, you know, showing people's underwear. They just love that underwears. shit in the 90s. 
Yeah, it's like it the was, height of comedy. It was a yeah. we, it was a prank that was ha ha. We got your underwear, which '90s <laughs> sure were a time. Also, I would like to note that one of Roger's minions is Skeeter's like buddy, and Skeeter is nowhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he probably loaded down Skeeter and was like, "We'll find you later," right. just like how <laughs> one of my did. real buddies. Right, so they're both just totally lost instantly in the forest. <laughs> no, no, Skeeter's off doing very important things. I have no doubt. Skeeter is also <laughs> hanging up something by a flagpole, but it's probably still twitching. Yes. <laughs> They don't call him Mosquito because he's small and whiny. <laughs> why, why do they call him that? He has malaria. Oh. Also, he extracts the blood from his victims before displaying the corpses. <sighs> oh, God. So, uh, anyway. Oh, and I should note something. Uh, Porkchop is on this venture as well. He's hanging out with Doug and wearing a Scoutmaster hat. Um, but Roger doesn't have this cat with him, does he? He doesn't have Stinky? Nope. No, Stinky Man. is elsewhere. Well, st- I'll, there's a reason. I think there's a reason that Stinky is elsewhere, but that that's going to come up later in the show yeah. when another character is introduced. Yeah. Um, okay. The other thing I want to note is that the only people that see Doug's underwear on the flagpole are Roger's goons, which are the people that like put it up there to begin with. We got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the most oddly saccharine form of bull. Again, the theme of. Nobody in Bluffington understands how to do bully stuff. Let me bully, Doug. <laughs> That's what I this mean, podcast we, is. We're doing it for free. Look, we'll bully Doug if you just subscribe to our podcast at thefunnypapers.com. It doesn't actually exist. Don't go there. <laughs> it's not the website. It's ours. Don't go there. It's, it's, well, I should tell you, it's on. Uh, you can find The Funny Papers on Podbean, Podbean, Podbean. iTunes, iTunes. Android, Android. Podcast, Podcast Addict, addict. The, sound the Sound of Small Children, small children playing. playing, A Black Dog, A black dog Who Watches who You in the Street at All Times, and Whose Eyes whose Glow eyes Red When Thinks You Aren't Looking, and of course, Dirt. And also on Twitter. Uh, so... Doug moves on. He doesn't... He, we presume that off-screen he gets his underwear back. Oh, yeah, no. Doesn't. Doug blushes real big and then just, okay, well, that plot line ends. Oh, no. Daddy would, embarrassed me. Yep. <laughs> Daddy done. Roger. I would assume that off-camera he gets them back down. But maybe that's giving too much credit. So we go back into the woods, and this time Roger is with Doug. And he says, I know the best campsite for us. Uh, right here, and it's like in the middle of the woods where there's a bunch of sticks and stuff. And Doug's like, no, there's a bunch of sticks. And Roger says, clean them up. And so he does, <laughs> with no further argument. You've got to wear a sexy yeah. maid outfit while you do it. This <laughs> right. is the, yeah. I'll Hinting try. Hinting at going here. Yeah. He, I'll try is just like absolutely. Doug is, this is a full like Dom sub situation. Doug <laughs> is an absolute piss hog here, and I am for it. <laughs> What is a piss hog? In, in what, what do you, five seconds what, or less. For those of us who do, no, 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 Jim. What do you think a piss hog is? <laughs> just are you asking guess. me? Yes. Uh, it's a hog that loves piss. Get, there you uh, go. <laughs> okay, I, I get it now. Like <laughs> he does love piss. You're right. <laughs> Speaking of hogs, piss, and the tragic waste thereof, constantly uh, the. Interesting thing about this scene is every frame of Doug picking up each individual stick 
is lovingly detailed. Like, this is something that any other show, rightfully, would brush over using a couple of recycled animations. But no, for whatever reason, somebody decided a couple weeks of man-hours needed to be spent on Doug Funny picking up a series of sticks badly. It's the glory of work. It also resets his progress, which, like, sort of lends into my idea that Doug might be in hell here. Like, this might be the forest <laughs> of purgatory, but I'll, I'll expand be. on that later. But, like, yeah. he does work, and then you see it cuts the scene, and then the work is undone. Like, the sticks that he pit- just picked up are there still on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> then we cut from that to Doug attempts to put up a tent badly. Again, lovingly animated. Again, to no benefit. Anyway, Roger proceeds to tell him that, oh boy, funny, you'll really be in trouble without me on the hike, because you're like, bad at putting up a tent. He's like wrapped up in the tent. It's just like he's like, it's like he's in bondage in the tent. Yep. Huh. <laughs> With a little <laughs> smile on his face. Daddy, help me. <laughs> Jesus. I'll try. <laughs> oh, like, just absolutely for town. Yeah. Yeah, this for, is for where... reference. He does say it like in a very submissive tone. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's oh. very yes, Daddy. Oh, yeah. I'll try. Get all this brush cleared out in the tent pitch by the time I get back. I'll try. Yeah, you suddenly understand an awful lot more about where all that erotic Roger Doug fan fiction came right. from. Right. This this is the first. I this might be the first episode where it's just like, oh yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah. Right. And because I am a contrarian piece of shit. This is the point where I develop an alternate theory. Like, the Brokeback Mountain take is very obvious, but it's maybe too obvious. After all, we know Jim Jenkins is a master of subtlety. The suburban wasp ethos has an interesting relationship with nature. While they appreciate it in the abstract, in the actual it's strange and confusing and something to be brutally tamed. They fear and are horny for it, as they fear and are horny for anything that is spicier than salt. Same. Roger whipsaws between an erotic and terrifying force in the same way that nature whipsaws between an erotic and terrifying force to everybody with a Chevy Suburban wandering out into nature for the first time, discovering, oh god, there's bugs out here, this sucks actually. Roger here is not an abstraction of a person on a Boy Scout trip, but nature itself. Some kind of suburban dryad, reminding Doug that if he were ever subjected to any external hardship, he'd collapse in a fucking second. So you're saying that Roger is representing the taming of nature? Roger is representing nature, period. As there is, it's a thing that, I'll try, mister. Oh boy, but it'd sure be bad if the trees beat me up with their big, strong, leafy limbs. Are you saying nature is doming, Doug? (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of hard not to dumb Doug. <laughs> well, also um, to that end, to the end of like nature is a thing to be tamed. Recall in our science fair episode that Bebe's dad was showing that trees are bad and smokestacks are good. Uh, perhaps this is the goal of the Bluff Scouts as well as an extension of his propaganda. Arm. Yeah, that would track, wouldn't it? Shit. Yeah, <laughs> and it's. I think they're doing an unholy thing because nature is made. Uh, by the specifications of God and any sort of taming, like any sort of institution that would try to tame one of God's creations can't be right. Yeah, okay, hmm. that also works out. And that's why I... Roger's the bad guy. I, I mean, that, that, that tracks to me. 
Yeah, okay, yeah. we actually have a beginnings of a theory. Unfortunately, the episode is about to do a complete weird U-turn. Nah, but we'll get this. there. I got this. <laughs> okay, right. okay. Our theories will do battle. My brain is expanding as we speak. <laughs> I can feel, the. I, I have a headache. <laughs> I can taste blood. It's great. I've, I've got 9-1 typed into my phone. <laughs> 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 okay uh so is this the point where doug has a fantasy about the forest like roger comes back and he's well, like there's first roger stuff. tells him about the forest and then he has the fantasy sure so roger comes back and he's like oh man what would you do without me there's some like dangerous stuff out here in the forest uh and so he, he's like you know there's some crazy creatures and doug's like oh really and uh he has a fantasy where oh yeah roger tells him that the thing that's dangerous is that trees will punch you uh yep. it, like he could say and also that there are mutants Right, there's mutants and also punching trees. Um, he could just be like, "There's bears here, right?" But uh, no, it's he said he says there's punching trees. Now recall that the bluff scout like uh, pledged, "I will fear no tree." <laughs> right, I will fear no tree or beast. Uh, so then Doug immediately chooses the lamer of the two to be afraid of uh, the tree, and so has a fantasy of trees punching him uh, and like hugging him and then punching him more. So um, I mean, like, even in the fantasy, it shows. The biggest weakness of a punching tree is that you can walk away from it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trees so aren't exactly mobile. Which yeah, even in his like his fantasy, like the confrontation is lame because the tree pushes him first and then swings at empty air. Right, because they didn't want to show Doug getting his ass beat by a tree. I guess. <laughs> Right, right. Go Just if you're gonna him. do this, Jenkins. Go all the way. Punch Doug in the face. <laughs> and fucking knock his goddamn teeth out. We had to spend a week animating and picking up those sticks earlier. What do you think we are made of animation time? <laughs> I need to do research on where this was animated. Oh yeah, and I wonder if the first episode, the like the pilot episode, was animated in the same place. Because this was right that. around the time they started exporting everything to like uh, Vietnam and Korea and Japan. Mm. I mean, it's like still decently animated. Like, there's way yeah, worse for, stuff. For in oh, yeah. cartoon, it's not bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so this happens, uh, and then like, so I need to say that while he's having this fantasy, Doug is like acting it out too in the real world because when he snaps too, he's like swiping at his face, like that there's a tree branches in his face, and Roger's actually like dangling a little rope on him, pretending it's a snake. Uh, and so Doug's been like in a like a hallucinogenic seizure this whole time, and everyone's just like, ha ha, good, <laughs> yeah, Doug, yeah, fucking Doug, own funny. Did you pass out from anxiety? There are like four people around you all laughing at you. Though to your credit, this is one of the very few times that your fantasy did not feature four people laughing at you. That's usually a standard. Right. right that was a reality. It featured yeah. legitimate danger, at least in his eyes. Um, one of the th monsters that Roger describes that as an inhabitant of the forest is poisonous jelly creatures the size of pot roasts. And to me, that's like schizophrenic word salad. It's like pot roast. Oh, yeah, that's a thing that has a size. Yep. Yeah, it's something Yeah, it's something that uh, maybe that was more common at the time. Like, can you guys picture what a pot roast the size of it? I guess I no, can. No, it's, it's, it's variable size. It depends on how much of the pot roast you create. It's like a yeah. soup. It's like, oh, boy, that's as big as chicken soup. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. If he said it was as big as a bowl of chicken soup. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's much easier to recognize <laughs> for me. 
<laughs> Good point. Oh okay. yeah, and then when when the uh, boys are like dangling that rope in front of him, pork chops there, and he's just letting them do that. Right. He's just pork like that's... chop doesn't. Ki- pork chop has got, gotten used to his master just sort of getting stumbling <laughs> all over the place and getting owned. <laughs> is pork chop also in the fantasy, or is he like trying no. to wake Doug up? Like he's what's not he even. He's not doing anything. Just, just sitting there. Yeah, just sitting there. Nice. <laughs> just having a little break. Best friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh man maybe he's just like attending doug maybe he's trying to make sure doug's okay but that maybe that's offering him some orange fun. slices because he's tripping a little too hard <laughs> right oh man okay so they we assume they finish setting up the tent uh it's never revealed but uh then they move on to going on their nature hike which again Everyone is going on the hike individually with their buddy, right? This is just, okay, Dink just said, presumably said, okay, just go wherever, meet back here when you want, right? Like, uh, so they're just off on their own. Uh, and Roger's idea is that we're going to learn most about the forest by finding arrowheads. So something that's not nature. Yeah, this, this emphasizes that Roger's done shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's gonna- Roger is going to take you into the deep heart of the forest where previously nature has demonstrated its dominance over man once some people with arrows were here now they're fucking dead this will be you funny fear (laughs) fear nature's power and also the gigantic green man dragging you into the depths of the woods fear the shameful boner you're experiencing right now <laughs> then so there's a speaking of shameful boners like as <laughs> as he's coming as he's catching up as doug is catching up to roger doug literally says the words i'm coming i'm coming like yeah. this, this show is giving me it's it's killing my brain <laughs> i am yeah. experiencing cell death in my brain <laughs> <laughs> as it's expanding <sighs> you only you hit that you only hit that you only hit, hit that, that final one, one. <laughs> it's the necessary balance of the galaxy brain cycle it expands you kill off some unnecessary brain cells like memories from your childhood and then you can expand yet further my skull is insufficient for how big my brain is being <laughs> <laughs> Guess you need a bigger skull. Oh, I need a. I need to change species. <laughs> need oh, need something that has a bigger head. <laughs> you you should do. Remember that episode of Doug where they do the man to boy dog drink? Ah uh, yeah, just give me a Great Dane. <laughs> yeah, just find a big dog. <laughs> okay. Uh, My nose so is bleeding. <laughs> you, you can make it. You can make it. We're halfway through the episode, maybe. Uh, so Doug and Roger go on through the forest and Doug says, Oh, there's, there's something making a noise in the bush. Uh, and Roger's like, ah, whatever. Doug says, no, no, really there is. Uh, and then they watch as a snake comes out of the bush and Roger in a, in a, you know, helpful move. He actually like shields Doug. He says, Yeah. Out of character. It tells me also Roger knows what's up with the, what this snake actually represents. Yeah, this snake is pretty wild. Uh, it's definitely not just a snake. Right, um, it's, a, it's a snake that knows things. Another way you could put that is a serpent of knowledge. With <laughs> right. Mr. Dink's face. In, in the Forbidden Forest. Uh-huh. Um, so, so as Roger pushes Doug aside and says, no, I'll protect you. We got to get away from this snake. Uh, Doug says, no, it's fine. It's just a not dangerous little snake. I, I presume he like knows the type of snake it <laughs> Doug, is. 
Doug thinks trees can punch you, but he also knows which snakes are venomous. Very right. Good. Yeah. Right. Uh, Doug has a very strange relationship with nature knowledge. Um, so Doug says, this this snake is fine. Uh, and the Pork snake- chop, being much smarter than Doug, is barking <laughs> at it like crazy. Right. And so Doug takes the approach to say, come here, boy. Come here, boy. And like whistles for the snake. Uh, and the snake comes and it climbs up well, Doug's leg. First, no, no, first. It knows yes. language. It knows how to it, write. It says it, cry and curse after. That's before. Because he, oh, he, shoot. Yeah, he, he, he said hello, and then the, the serpent writes high in the, in the ground. Like in in one shot in cursive perfectly. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm, I was laughing about thinking, I don't know if uh, schools don't actually teach cursive, or that might just be like a boomer myth, but I was laughing at like a, a millennial or Gen Z person seeing this and be like, what the fuck does that say? <laughs> what are these runes? Is that, is that, is that snake? Do snakes have a language? Right. Do they have an where alphabet? We can show, yeah, we can show for a fact Doug has been bitten and is hallucinating. Or, or Doug is a parcel tongue and a legitimate wizard. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, okay, he can already communicate with his dog, yeah, right. So, no one else really can, yeah. As far as we know, though, the dog can't write in English. Well, the dog can communicate in like he can understand complex thought, yeah, but so can the snake, right. Um, but I want to say there's something that'll happen later that will prove to us that this isn't just how this universe works. Like animals just don't like all it's not common knowledge that animals understand uh, complex thought. Right. Because there's something later that like shows this. So this is very unique that this snake uh, is able to write in cursive and communicate with Doug. Up boy up says Doug and the snake goes up or in other words the snake becomes erect. As Roger says, come on, funny. <laughs> Subtext. Uh, and the reason yeah. the reason I think Stinky wasn't here is because Stinky would have just bitten the snake's head off. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Cats are murderers. <laughs> cats are perfect killing machines. It would definitely kill the serpent. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to call it the serpent right now because I think it has important sim- uh, symbolism. Because, like, oh, you can only, so. you can only, he picked a snake for, like, a reason. And, like, to me, if he was just doing a, an animal, it would be funny that Roger was afraid of. Like, do a chipmunk or something. But he picked a snake. He out. He like. He knows what he's doing here. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. What was he doing here? Um. So I'll, I'll get into that at, at the very end, as the closing okay. thoughts. Yeah. We'll okay. continue on with mine in that case because this ties in. Because yeah, I'm also with you on the snake representing knowledge. Roger fears the snake because nature fears man's knowledge. By knowledge, man can dominate nature by knowledge man can take that nature that so terrifies and and hornifies him and beat it into submission tame it until all that is left is the neatly ordered line of trees in the suburban subdivision and well i'm sure all the smog is fine there's no chance any of that will come back to bite us in the ass (laughs) right and also uh so so Roger Roger is like you gotta you gotta put that away you gotta like not let that snake uh, approach us, and uh, Doug's like no we can bring this back and I gotta say if you can bring back from the forest 
a snake that can understand language and communicate uh, with humans. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot about the forest from that snake. <laughs> if your goal is to find something that'll teach us the most about the forest, I don't I don't think you could bring back anything that would show you more about this fucked up forest than that. The, the snake yeah. has a journal himself. He's like, dear <laughs> journal, every day is hell. I'm at the <laughs> bottom of the food chain and don't have any venom. Please kill me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Found a delicious chipmunk. It will not last me more than a week. Look, this voice in my head keeps telling me to go to this apple. And he keeps telling me to take this apple to the big, scary people. <laughs> so, so, uh, the Doug one called Mayonnaise seems like she would be more receptive than the one called Funny, who, when he sees me, just kind of goes, ah, and then goes and plays with his dog. And commands me to do simple parlor tricks. <laughs> So, uh, Doug asks the snake uh, if the snake has a name, and the snake plays it cool and lies to Doug and (laughs) says no. Satan, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Scaly. Yeah. Also, when... when I've gone by many names. (laughs) (laughs) Pleased to meet you. Hope you get to catch my name. Um, So, Randall... Flag? What? <laughs> when when Doug like asks the question to like a maybe dangerous snake, he just he leans in face first. <laughs> yeah. and Hello, says, no. Mr. Scaly. Yeah, for reference, that's what Doug names him in his uh usual good naming scheme of just a word that is what he sees. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing that when he named pork chop, he was eating pork chops. Um, so he named the snake Mr. Scaly. And then the so snake boring. and the snake wiggles up Doug. Yep. He wiggles up Doug and he licks his face. Snake just licks Doug lovingly. And Roger, at this point, is freaking out. Understandably. (laughs) Right, that's that's what I was talking about. Like, if you want to make a funny animal for Roger to be afraid of, do something cute. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's... it's pretty wild but uh yeah, so every, everyone like it's fine to be afraid of snakes it's not embarrassing at all like right, i hate very snakes normal. i'm surprised i'm surprised that more people in the camp aren't yeah, yeah. i'm generally okay with snakes i'm o- okay with the whole snake crawling on body that's actually a that's a pretty cool thing you can do because I most snakes it. don't give a shit and as far as they're concerned you're just terrain you're that's just it. heat doug you don't know shit about this snake <laughs> You think, the you think there are slime monsters in the forest, Doug? <laughs> Punching <laughs> trees. Well, how do you know that this snake is not actually a secret tree trying to <laughs> sneak up on you? Oh, boy. Oh. It's a tree that walks like a snake. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a log that's rolling down the hill. Oh, man. Not in but, any case. Uh, funny, why did you pick up that stick? He's like, oh, it's a snake, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, in any so, case, in a rare case of Hiffle being like the Home for Infinite Losers laughing at someone who isn't Doug, <laughs> this time, Doug imagines this is his first moment of empathy, I think, ever. Yeah. And he recognizes that, wait. Roger appears to be scared of the snake coiled around me and licking my face. Man, wouldn't it be embarrassing for him if 
more people found out about that. And for a split second, Doug sees power. What would the other scouts think about Roger if they knew about this? <laughs> that would teach him. Yeah, he says that would teach him. Which, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it would make him embarrassed, but it wouldn't teach him. Because the thing is, like, even if he did that, like, if, if he embarrassed Roger, the ending is exactly the same. <laughs> yep. This is true. Yeah, it's it's he is a brief moment of totally owning Roger and then he disregards it, which I mean, OK, credit to Doug that he's not yeah, uh, he's being a nice. wrathful being. Right. But still, uh, it's a weird it's a weird uncharacteristic moment. Yeah. But kinda, yeah. It's cool that it shifts the power dynamic yeah. that way. For a second, we see Doug contemplate growing as a person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so. After he has what? this fantasy and he's still kind of deciding about what to do, uh, they go back to the camp. They, well, I, I assume that Dink gave them like a rendezvous point because they all arrive back together. And uh, they're That's all going. Point, yeah. I mean, they got lost walking in a straight line. So <laughs> also like Roger just bails on Doug and Doug has to make his way like back to the camp by himself. <laughs> Right. Which in any other show would actually be a decent sequence of, uh, okay, this is the actual scary part. But no, we don't allow that here. Also because Doug has guidance. Doug has the serpent. Oh, yeah. Who will not suffer him to find his way to a place he cannot cause pain. The right. serpent knows. The serpent has taught Doug of the forest and its ways. <laughs> Right, and I gotta say that I, I had briefly forgotten that they didn't arrive back to camp together. Uh, I gotta say that when Doug arrives back to the campsite as the last one left, uh, and Roger's already there, Dink doesn't give a shit that Roger abandoned his buddy. Right? Even even though the entire pretext for uh, Roger being Doug's buddy was that he would help him out as the new guy, Dink's just like, oh, you're back. All right. There's one rule in the buddy system. Yeah. <laughs> what else would the buddy system be for? <laughs> God. Yeah, but... So Doug arrives back, uh, and Roger's like, you didn't bring the you-know-what, did you? And then Doug gets cut off before uh, he can answer. So they go around the circle that they're in, and they talk about what everyone brought back. The first thing is Skeeter and his random buddy, who's one of Roger's minions, says, yeah, we brought back this pine cone, which is already super fucking lame that they brought back the pine cone, right? Then it's revealed that the pine cone is a lighter from the gift shop, which is like, okay, they have a gift shop in on the this forest. Park? <laughs> yeah, in the forest, maybe it's, it's a national run park. by friendly squirrels. It's run by right. Bluff Cow. <laughs> yes, it's a lighter so that you might burn the forest down for Bluff Cow. <laughs> Just doing our work for us. Gotta kill all those uh, pollution-causing trees. Right by burning them down. Uh, so they say that. Uh, then is there like another one? I didn't write down everyone's. I just I no. I don't think one. there was. No, then they go. To, just goes they go right to Doug. Okay, so Doug is like, "Hey, here's what I have," and he just like has this snake that he kept under his hat, and they start to pass it around, right? Like no, everyone's. No, he, he is wearing the serpent as head. a crown <laughs> right. on his goddamn head. Where that's where the right. brain is. <laughs> that's been under his hat, right? His hot, stinky hat. <laughs> <laughs> and Keep so they going, all take Doug. a feel this sweaty stinky snake <laughs> he passes his snake around 
Right, and everyone gets a and good everyone touch. Everyone loves it. Yeah, everyone gets a good tug. It sure was tempting, comments Doug. <laughs> yeah, he's tempted about showing owning it to Roger. Roger. Right, owning Roger, but he doesn't. Uh, right as one of Roger's friends is trying to give it to Roger, Doug says, hey, check this out, and he makes the snake do tricks. Now, I want to say here that right after he does this, Dink says, you can hear Dink say, that's amazing, which tells me, that's what tells me that animals in this universe don't normally understand human speech. Correct. Right? I agree because with that. Theoretically, Dink knows stuff. Like, he's a theoretically a book smart person. He's right? not paid to know stuff. Yeah. I don't think he's paid. Wait, no, he is, uh, no, he does all this writing kids, stuff. Baby. Yeah, dual, double income, no kids. Like, what does Mr. Dink write about? We don't know. We still don't know yet. Yeah, no one knows. Uh, maybe he writes in, uh, maybe he writes Mr. Bluff's propaganda. Pornography. <laughs> also oh, bad. Jesus. <laughs> I uh, really, really want to read Mr. Dink brand pornography. It is no doubt very, very expensive. expensive. God but damn yeah. it. <laughs> we were all thinking it. Come on. <laughs> No, I said that we said it exactly at the same time as well as goddamn yeah. it. Anyway. Yeah. Man. But yeah, so everyone's impressed. Doug is a wizard and also listening to Serpentine, Satan. whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. Doug is a wizard in like the classical sense of, <laughs> yeah, somebody has gone out into the woods and made contact with the fucking devil who has granted <laughs> him powers uh-huh. and wins the merit badge. Yes. Because yes. he found an intelligent snake. Right. <laughs> Which, again... Nobel Prize in looking, biology. Yeah, uh, yes, totally. This is probably the forest where Chalky found the talking uh, plant, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. God, it's, like, some, it's some, where they put all like the runoff from Bluffco. It's why all these fucking <laughs> mutants are here. It's there it's the probably, There probably are punching trees in there. <laughs> Just the, oh god, they're like the uh, 90s version of Blackwater, except for because Mr. Bluff thinks it's really funny they're dressed up as trees. <laughs> oh, man. oh, shit. And okay. then uh, Roger says, he whispers to Doug, like after Doug says him, I owe you one funny, which I took at to mean I owe you one funny as in F U N N Y. So he just wants to tell <laughs> Doug a joke. He owes you one joke. Oh yeah, I've been saving this one for you, funny. <laughs> so a moth walks into a. Uh, that's a joke about five people will get. It's a Superman, it's a Wonder Woman, and the Punisher. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Fuck you. We can cut that. No, it's a little inside joke. Okay, so he says, "I owe you one funny," and then it cuts the next day. Where uh, Doug, Doug, Roger's like bending over backwards to help Doug put the stuff away in their trailer to go back home. Uh, and everyone else is like playing ring toss with the snake, like throwing rings and the snake is like looping through them. Then Doug tells the snake, all right, boy, I got to go. To which oh, wait, both no, let cry. me step in here. Before Please. that happens, Doug comments, Roger's been falling all over himself to help me. It's kind of disgusting. I miss the old Roger. I miss Daddy. Right. Back when Daddy told me where I belong. <laughs> God. 
<laughs> well, okay, let's think about it this way, too. If it weren't for Roger uh, bullying Doug, none of these episodes would have happened. Yeah, every, the- literally, literally every episode of Doug that we've seen so far and probably will continue to see is caused by Roger saying something to Doug. Yeah, I have a, st- I have a theory that I haven't really developed yet, that Roger's actually the main character. Because in this episode, from Roger's perspective, he sort of gets bullied by Doug. Like, it's not yeah. intentional, but like... Roger gets a story with a moral. Yeah. Unlike Doug. So, yeah, <laughs> going going back, I when I first, when I watched this episode for the first time, I thought that this was just like running counter to everything I thought about Doug up until this point. But then I thought about it some more, and so Doug does a good thing, gets rewarded for it, right? Mm-hmm. But what Doug does has nothing to do with his reward. Doug is nice to Roger, which has nothing to do with him getting a merit badge. So it still follows in that Doug just dreams through life and gets rewarded for it. The second thing is, let me look at my notes here. Well, let me also say on that topic of Doug getting getting rewarded for his actions, a brief, brief forward jump to that Roger, like, kind of starts to go back to his, his old bully ways at the end of the episode. Uh, Doug's choice that he made was not to, like, bully Roger. It was, like, not to show everyone that Roger's afraid of snakes. And so, but he doesn't get rewarded for that. He just right. gets put back into the same Correct. thing of Roger yeah. being Yeah, so if you think about, like, what happens here, Doug brings the serpent of knowledge into the <laughs> civilized world and gets a secular reward, and then Roger goes back to bullying him. That's true. Yeah. It's true. He doesn't actually get a reward. He doesn't actually change anything for the decision he made. Everything goes back to normal. And, uh, yeah, everything goes back to normal. There is no change. Like, you travel into nature and return, having learned that, ah, nature is still scary. And But I can cow it using the fruit of the tree of knowledge. Anyway, nothing has changed about my life. The same people who hate me have always hated me. The same people who tolerate me continue to tolerate me. Well, but he every so, single suburban vacation into the woods. <laughs> but so Doug briefly had power, but it was when he had the snake with him. But things go back to normal when he leaves the snake in the woods. So maybe Doug's source of power, control, and uh, ability to change is directly tied to this serpent of knowledge. Well, the other thing is Doug doesn't actually go looking for a serpent when he when he, he gets the merit badge for the serpent just finding him. Like, he doesn't yeah, actually yeah. do anything. He's just like, oh, I found this thing. <laughs> this is the merit badge for having been chosen by the powers right. outside man's knowledge, Doug. Right. And this is right. why I think he has something, I have, Jenkins has something to grind with the Boy Scouts, is because, like, the symbolism is very clear here. It's just like, the, he's bringing the serpent into the Boy Scouts, and he gets rewarded for it. But meanwhile, nothing actually changes. Roger's still mean to him. The actual rewards are nothing. You find desolation in this. I have to stress, just going into this, we were concerned this episode would run short, because this, even by the standards of preceding episodes, there is nothing in this episode. <laughs> there is absolutely nothing, and we are forcing ourselves through this, trying to figure out any way to make any sense of it beyond just a baffling series of nothing happening. In previous ones, there's at least a narrative arc. This one, Doug goes into the woods, he finds a snake, Roger's scared of snakes. The end. Well, though- it's, 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 I mean, I think the, the only arc to this is that Doug chooses not to use his power over Roger. Yeah, I think Doug that's, chooses that's not to do a thing. Shocker. 
And that's not what gets rewarded here. Like, that should be the thing that gets rewarded. But what gets rewarded is him bringing an evil snake into... (laughs) Okay, not evil snake, but he brings a snake into the Boy Scouts. And that's what what gets him the reward. The snake that found him, he doesn't actually do anything. Like, he's getting rewarded for just being. And I think that... I mean, I think that's the underlying, like, text that Jenkins was going for here. Because he's... Like, if this were actual, like... Uh, a, a satisfying narrative, he would get rewarded somehow for Ro- like being nice to Roger. Right, like it could have been... That uh, gets ignored. That gets actively denied. Yes, you were nice to Roger. He's still being an asshole to you. You yeah. gain nothing. Your kindness was weakness, Doug. It could have been a situation where like only one of the U2 gets the merit badge and Roger could have like given it up to give it to yeah. Doug and be yeah, like, that you're worked. rewarded for, you know, being cool to me, you know? But instead, it's just everything goes exactly back to normal. Like I said earlier, if you would have just owned Roger, the same fucking thing would have happened. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It doesn't matter what you do, Doug. And let me say. Don't do anything. You're going to get rewarded for bringing the the secularism in my fucking, like, uh, God fearing Boy Scouts. (laughs) Yeah, true. Don't the Boy Scouts have some higher power shit? Yeah, Yeah. They're, like, I remember the. The motto of the Tiger Cubs was, I trust in God, my country, and exploring the world. Something like that. I mean, I was in the Girl Scouts Scouts are the cool ones. Right. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, like, I was in the Boy Scouts when I lived in Kansas and we went to a mega church. So, like, mine was a little off on that. Like, um, we had our Boy Scout meetings in a church. My Eagle Scout project was to, like, build stuff for a church. So, like, it's a pretty religious organization. Yeah. So, and the fact that at no point do the Bluff Scouts do anything related to our lord and savior and bring in instead the serpent of secularism yeah i can see this tying into jim jenkins's expressed deep and abiding faith and deep suspicion about any organization where young curious boys can go off into the woods where they can do all manner of things together where they might find the serpent calling to them and writing high on the ground in cursive yeah, Satan's the, language. The devil, yeah, the devil's language. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like I said, the serpent was a conscious choice. It's not. It's totally normal to be afraid of snakes. I think something deeper has to be going on there. Yeah. Like, so it, something has to be going on deeper there because the alternative is that this episode is just baffling and inexplicably dull. I mean, I mean, okay, there's yes. always <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so let's close out what happens in this episode. So Doug tells the snake. I got to go, and you got to stay here, to which they're both very sad about, uh, well, probably no. for different reasons. No. no. Someday I will come in and destroy the world of men, Douglas. Don't Doug, worry about it. Doug says stays stony-faced the entire time, but both Porkchop and the snake cry as the snake's leaving. I, I But it plays like sad music, doesn't it? Am it I plays sad music, well? but Doug is like smiling the entire time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Doug just said, we're going back to the norm. I don't have to change anything about my behavior. Boy, I sure do enjoy having no inner life. So maybe uh, the snake is crying because he's so close to getting into the world of men. And Doug is smiling because he's oblivious to fucking everything. (laughs) And he's just like, all right, bye. (laughs) This is possible. Uh, So they, they, as they leave... Roger immediately stops 
being cool and he like puts a kick me sign on Doug and he's like, hey, maybe I'll come over and eat your food and maybe since we're such good friends. No, and maybe I'm going to come over you... to your house more often. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though he's always at Doug's house. And he says like, maybe I'll let you loan me some money and all this stuff that's just like regular bullying stuff. But I want to I want to point out Doug still has this power over Roger, right? Yeah. He still knows that Roger is afraid of snakes, but Doug's just like, well, back to the I normal. I mean, you really can't do anything with that, though, because, like, if someone tried to make fun of me for being afraid of snakes, I would be like, yeah, they're fucking scary. Yeah, but he's, this is at the point when, in, like, your 11-year-old life, when if someone calls out something you're afraid of, you're probably embarrassed. I guess. Right? Yeah. Like, that I can it, forgive. It's a believable thing to be worried about t- people telling, even if somebody did tell, the reaction would be, okay. Right. Because right. there's an awful lot of things where your reaction would be, okay. Most that things. Re- <laughs> yeah, that terrify you. Let me let me put it this way. Uh, if Roger had that power over Doug, Doug would be having multiple fantasies about <laughs> how scary it would be for yes. Roger to tell people that. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, that closes out this episode do you guys have closing thoughts about this should i i mean we're going long but should i tell my boy scout story <laughs> do you want to go for it is it is it something that it'll like, take relates? a bit. yeah it relates i mean it's a doug episode by itself we'll cut some of this stuff earlier i don't have any doubts all right so uh i was i was only a tiger cub which is like the lowest baby form of boy scouts and first off if anybody gives, ever gives you shit about participation trophies just relate this story to them so everyone was getting a trophy at the very end of like it was like a semester or something and we had a pool party and everybody was having fun and then they gave out awards to everybody so like people we had like a baseball team so people would be have like best improved hitting uh best hitter best pitcher um good hustle you know like standard athletic awards and everybody was getting listed off except for me and i was bad at everything so i was like what the fuck are they gonna give me like as an award and then they get to my name and then they hand me a necklace that has just a the letter b on it and then (laughs) uh just dots like colored in and sharpie on it's like a wooden letter b and they're just like oh this is the time that you got stung by a b (laughs) <laughs> because uh, we were at uh, we were just playing at like some dude's house and then I got stung now two things here one like they're giving me a award for being a victim here number two I wasn't stung by a bee it was a wasp <laughs> they didn't even get it right wait uh, uh, so right. I'm guessing no one else's award was a necklace everyone else had like a trophy sort of they just got like random knickknacks and they actually it was for stuff that they did <laughs> do you still have this necklace I do that's not, not, awesome not with me in California but it's in Texas yeah I you gotta get that man you gotta like, <laughs> you gotta, like go to some like event that you dress up for and then wear that but isn't that like the perfect Doug story and then they oh, yeah. did dots yeah. on the B they didn't even like do the stripes like it's they, oh. they totally fucked it up I was interpreting that you were saying like it was like a dot 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 at the end of it no you no. dotted they the put, letter B they, no, yeah the, the, there's a wooden letter B on like like flimsy you know the the um, string that they use for balloons like that yeah. plastic yeah. it's that's the necklace they just put that's it through good. the loop on the B and then they put dots on the B 
and it wasn't a fucking bee. <laughs> what did she say? Do you remember what you said right when they gave it to you? I was just, I was, no, I didn't say anything. I was just speechless. I was like, why would you even give me a trophy? So like this, this, this trophy was so much of an own. Like it's so, they're just like, yeah, you don't do anything well. And so if anybody ever is like, oh, millennials get participation trophies. No, they get trophies that just fucking destroy their self-esteem. Let me, let me also say on that topic, like, Everyone gives millennials shit for needing participation trophies. We weren't the ones asking for the participation trophies. Yeah, I didn't it want a fucking like, trophy. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> I know yeah, I suck. Of, yeah, nobody was sitting there saying, man, I sure hope I get a trophy for being stung by a bee. <laughs> right. yeah, like, so, none of us had that chain of thoughts. But Jim Jenkins and his fucking cohort thought that, yes, this is what will be healthy for the kids and will stop them from doing a podcast about my work in... And 15 years. But isn't that like a perfect Doug moment? Just yeah. getting oh, a, a reward for that? Do you think in this instance, Doug would have been pumped about it? Yes. Or would he have gotten... Yeah. <laughs> he would have loved been... it. That little <laughs> Dear Diary. Yeah. Dear Diary. <laughs> today I learned that sometimes... Oh no, the problem is I'm actually trying to give it an accurate moral. Then that can't be right. What's a good, inane, unrelated moral for this to have? It's teamwork is the best thing that you can have. Yep. <laughs> While he Hard rubs the gigantic off. bee sting on his forehead because these have to end wasp. dug in pain wasp. somehow. <laughs> it was a goddamn wasp. And then Porkchop throws a basketball. Also, in the also I just remembered that. Two people got stung. Like, I wasn't even <laughs> the only person. So Were it's they, not even... Like, the, yeah, they got a, an award for, like, fastest runner or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> That's great. That's fucking awful. That <laughs> oh, shit. All right. I think that's a perfect metaphor to close this out That's a perfect on. closing thought, yes. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't have anything else. I think yeah, we no, pretty much covered anything. Yeah. My Jim, closing thought is that thing that Sam just said. Perfect. My closing thought All right, thought everyone. Sting me, daddy. <laughs> I'll, I'll try. <laughs> All right, everyone. Come on, funny. <laughs> Let's call this before it gets worse. Uh, all right, I'm going to dial 911. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to hit that last one. Uh, all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time for Doug Rocks. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Good night. And good luck.